on this episode of AV Week, what you need to know when you're upgrading classrooms. Can Cisco disrupt the huddle space market? And the best place to find AV jobs. All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 378, recorded Wednesday, November 21st, 2018. Understand the cost. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Harman International and by Middle Atlantic, what great systems are built on, and by Vadio, a leading manufacturer of professional PTZ cameras, Pro AV solutions, and UCC integration systems. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, first and foremost, his name is Clint Hoffman, and he is with Kramer Electronics. Welcome, sir. Hey, thank you for having me. I appreciate being here. Thanks, Tim. Absolutely. Thank you, sir. Also with us uh, is my buddy and pal, and also the host of our residential show. His name is Matt D. Scott, and he is with Omega Audio Video. Welcome, sir. Thanks, Tim. Thanks for having me. Looking forward to a great conversation. Yes. Uh, and last but not least, uh, an old friend who has a new job, and we'll talk about that in a second. His name is Mike Shin, and he is with South Central AV in Nashville, Tennessee. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim. Happy to be back. Now we have two regulars, you know, two, two folks who pop on from time to time in Nashville. So I have to do a road trip or something. St. Louis to Nashville, for those of you who don't know, is like a you know, four and a half hour, five, five hour trip. So, uh, all right. So uh, first story here we have comes to us, excuse me, um, from our friends over at uh, AV Network, AV Technology, actually, uh, talking about upgrading education rooms and, and from the, the author, Jim Reinhardt, uh, quote, unquote, the AV technology at your college or university was top of the line 10 years ago, but advancements in AV functionality has changed so dramatically that faculty and teaching staff frequently have problems connecting new technology with legacy AV hardware and software. Jim actually goes through a number of key points, a number of keystones that you need to look out for when you are upgrading uh, the technology in, in the higher ed. Um, Matt, I'm going to start with you on this. What should integrators today need to know about higher ed and, and what they, when they go into you know, upgrading or even you know, renovating a, an old classroom? And I, I say renovating old classroom. The last campus I worked for was a 160-year-old building. So we had several that we, you know, we were still uh, putting in brand new systems uh, in, in 100-year-old rooms. So what should today's integrator know when they go in to, to revamp some of these, these older rooms? They need to know everything. <laughs> no, I think the biggest thing is, is realizing that most often, especially in education where you're dealing with usually specifically tight budgets, you need to have a plan in place that allows you to scale whatever installation you're looking at over a period of time, because very rarely will you go in at, you know, last day of exams, um, one, one semester and do an entire campus wide deployment, uh, in time to, to be open for first day of classes. It's really looking at the entire picture and making sure that you're scaling appropriately to kind of manage that and, and, and give people an upgrade path because, you know, really the, the first line of his, uh, of his article was the key. A lot of times these rooms don't get upgraded that often. It's not like your traditional corporate environment where every couple of years you're doing an upgrade. 
So it means that a lot of times there's a lot more scale that goes on that you have to uh, kind of manage and prepare for. Well, and, and to, to that point, our refresh cycle, again, this is a, a small community college um, just outside of St. Louis. Our refresh cycle was seven years. That was something that between us and the IT department, we had kind of uh, met in the middle on, let's say. Um, and we based that on the, the life of, of projectors, not necessarily the infrastructure. Um, so, so, you know, it's it's not something that Matt's not off where he says, you know, every 10 years, it's very possible that some of these universities and colleges, their refresh cycle is, is 10 years. Shen, when it comes to, you know, going into a, either a new client or an existing one, and they're talking to you about some of these refresh uh, jobs or, again, even even brand new installations. What do you need to know and, and what do you need to educate them on? <clears throat> well, the education piece is getting them to understand the cost of labor, um, understanding mm. that in order to do something correctly, there is a cost associated with that. Um, they very much... Um, you know, operate as if they were just walking through Best Buy and saying, oh, okay, that's only $300. Okay, I'll take it. Um, no, it's not. It's $300 plus $150 to install it. So <clears throat> that's the education piece. In terms of understanding and knowing, um, it's, it's mainly uh, trying to understand what the original intent was for the system and what the new intent is for the refresh and making sure that the design matches those intentions, which is part of what they're paying for when it comes to the labor. So, uh, Clint, when it comes to you know, dealing with you, because you, you guys talk with education, obviously, when they come through the booths at Intercom and ISE and, and that, um, but also when you're dealing with, with your dealers, what can you guys do to help them get, get ramped up, with, like Mike said, to make sure that, that they're educating their clients on the total cost of things or, or also how, how technology has evolved? Well, I, you know, I'll take that last piece first. Um, you know, when you're doing something and you expect that it's going to be in place for the next seven to 10 years, um, ordinarily that in and of itself is a challenge because I, I really think we're on the cusp of, uh, of the way that uh, we do AV in a room of changing that. Uh, uh, I think there's going to be a, a, a considerable movement to the AV over IP instead of the dedicated boxes with the dedicated signal highways. Use the signal highways that are in the, the, the building already. Um, here at our offices, we have a giant training facility. And uh, the team said, you know what, we ought to, we ought to walk the walk. And uh, so they're like, we're going to pull out all the old boxes and DAs and such. And we're going to put in an AV over IP system. And they budgeted like two or three days to do this. They got it done in like four hours. And not only that, they have this giant stack of stuff that they don't need anymore. It, it was so much more economical from a number of pieces. It freed up so many power strips that used to be full. It would, they, they've shocked themselves uh, in doing so. And so I think if you're on the cusp of updating some classrooms, you really need to take a look at, uh, do you want them to be the traditional built on a fixed matrix or do you want to, you want to go in and, and, and be at the forefront of this new uh, AV over IP solution. Real quickly, to kind of hone in on what you said about, about the technology, and do you see a, a time where some of its cost, understand that with why these refresh cycles are so long, but do you see a time where the costs have come down where it makes sense to refresh every two or three years? Well, I don't know about every two or three years. I defer to my colleagues at the uh, integrator on, on the number of years. Um, I just think it's important to refresh with the right technology for the next period of time, whatever it is. All right, very good. Our next story comes to us from Commercial Integrator. 
they interviewed a young man named Perry Chapman. Perry started a Facebook group um, to help folks find jobs in AV. It's called AV Job Finder. And I want to read a quote on here real quick. And we'll start asking some of the questions. Shim, we'll start with you on this. Much of the reason, quote unquote, I formed the group is that I was let go from a company and trying to find a job after that was difficult. I, just, I, w- I had just had a kid, so I was a little desperate. I was getting hits on my resume here and there, but most of the, uh, mostly in areas that I wasn't interested in. This is one of several locations on the internet that you can, that AV folks can find jobs. I mentioned the fact that you started a new job. You had just started in the last month with, with, uh, um, with your company. Where have you found both a, a good place for folks who are looking for jobs uh, to find employment, but also as an employer and a manager, where have you found some of the best places for you guys to find uh, people? Okay, so first of all, it's South Central AV. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> <clears throat> um, I, I have found some of the best talent um, in my career which is 16 years long now, um, by really cultivating the youth and young people coming out who uh, are interested in learning and interested in growing within the industry. Um, obviously, because of my association with Ignite, that you know, that sounds like I'm blowing smoke. But and real quickly, explain to people that they don't not familiar what is Ignite. NSCA uh, has a program called Ignite, which is to encourage young people to come out of their, um, their technical schools or their colleges and uh, enter into our industry as opposed to chasing down uh, a job in other industries. Um, that's the main mission, uh, and you can find out more at uh, NSCA.org. Um, but uh, I, have, I have found the greatest success uh, being taking someone who's who's brand new to the industry it doesn't have to be somebody young just you know somebody brand new to the industry and training them on the way that my company operates and I can then cultivate that and and invest in their training to help them be uh, the the right employee uh, for our organization uh, retreads as as they say which I am one now of uh, three organizations. Um, uh, retreads uh, oftentimes can't really be trained or don't want to be trained. They do it their way and, and it's the highway otherwise. So that's what I've found success with. Well, this is, you know, Clint's worked for Kramer for a number of years, but this is, wasn't his first job. So, you know, um, Clint, when inside Kramer or, or maybe when you're when talking with integrators, what are some of the best places you found for folks looking for jobs and also folks looking for, for AV talent? Um, well, you know, you never want to, um, I'm going down a path and I'm pausing cause I want to come back. Let me circle back on this one. Yeah. So, you know, let me, let me talk about the here and now, if I may, uh, you know, we're in a period of record, uh, uh low unemployment in the U S and, uh, and that's actually causing some serious uh, headaches for, uh, for me as a manufacturer trying to find talent, but also for me as a manufacturer trying to protect talent. Mm-hmm. Um, all my really good people are being recruited aggressively on a day-to-day basis because it's hard to find people in a market when there's record unemployment, record low unemployment. Um, and so I'm in a, both an offensive and a defensive mode nowadays. 
Um, in terms of where to find people, you know, you used to be able to put ads in the local paper and do the job board for Infocom and NSCA, and, and you, you'd have you'd find a nice candidate. And it's not even necessarily the, can, the, the, the case anymore. You almost have to either hire a recruiter and essentially go look at people who are happily employed somewhere else. And uh, it's happening to me. So I also have to say it's probably happening the other way around as well. All right. Matt, uh, you'll have the last word on this one. Where's the best places uh, to find talent if you're looking for, for AV workers, but also for folks that are, that are looking for employment? Where's the best place for them to find a new job? I, I don't know if there is a best place. We've, we've successfully recruited people from uh, <clears throat> Facebook posts, Twitter posts, LinkedIn, um, from Kijiji ads, which are like Craigslist ads. It's really about finding the right fit. It doesn't necessarily matter where you find it. It's about, in my case, being an employer, it's about f properly articulating what we're looking for and then going through you know, candidates and actively trying to find somebody that uh, we hope is going to be a good fit for that. And you know, the, the biggest thing to both Mike's point and Clint's point that I always take away is what I don't need is I don't need someone ever who walks in and tells me that they know exactly how to do what I'm asking them to do. Because nine times out of 10, there's going to be multiple ways to do something. And I need somebody who can learn how we do things and how our company operates. And, you know, if you can show me that you're willing to learn, if you at least have an open mind, um, we, we have a lot more potential with those people. But as far as finding one place, I, I don't know if there's really one best place. Um, we've, you know, through our, our network here, we've featured a lot of different, you know, job hunting groups. We've also, uh, we've got a lot of friends who are currently looking. And Tim, you know this, we've done a, a lot of stuff to try and help some of those people find work. And I'd argue that half the time, the best way to find a new job or to find some new talent is to reach out to your friends and ask them who they know who's looking. Because... Can I say... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I you can't you say anything. Oh. I was talking... <laughs> Sorry. Be thankful for your time, Clint. <laughs> go ahead, Clint. Go ahead, Clint. <laughs> well, no, I just want to capitalize on, on what you were just saying and, uh, and, and even add one more layer to it. It's like... You know, the inside industry joke has always been that you go to a family picnic and somebody asks you what you do and you say, I'm in the pro AV industry and they have no idea what that is. Even when you get done explaining if you need a display and an and ability to connect to it in a conference room, classroom, or boardroom, they're still, you know, looking at you with a blank stare. So we're, we're this like little isolated industry and, you know, we could be hiring somebody who yesterday was selling hair care products and uh, they come into the AV. That's the nature of our, our industry. Um, and then the other thing is I get these resumes now and people are moving around every two years. And in yeah. the past, you would have thought, well, that's bad. But nowadays, it's just so commonplace with uh, the, 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 the nature of, I guess, millennials or whatever the, the current term is. Uh, and, and so it's, it's, it's not necessarily a bad thing, which is hard for an old guy like me to get used to. So. Well, and, and the crazy thing to that point, Clint, is in, in my company, and, and we do both commercial and residential, and we have a full IT division, some of the best people specifically for the residential side that we've ever had come out of construction and they do not have technical AV uh, know-how at all, but we can teach that. 
but they have a deep understanding of construction methods. So when we go into a house to renovate it and, you know, work in an existing environment, they're rock stars. So I'm going to ask a dangerous question and any of the three of you can answer this or just tell me I'm crazy. You're Matt, crazy. You, you, Matt, you've said this a couple of times about being teachable and actually shouldn't you did as well. What if somebody comes in that has a, a world of knowledge about something and maybe they, may, they, they, they know more than you, at what point do, yes, they need to do certain things with, with your standards or your processes, but maybe they have a better way. How do you get that? How do you get that out of them with, you know, at the same time, still trying to train your ways? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hang on. <clears throat> no, no, that's everyone you hire. Man. They I'm, all know better than you. I'm a millennial. Nice try. And no one knows better than I do. I know. Sure. Yes, there's, there's a generation behind you, just for the record. That's already <laughs> in the they know better than you. You're already the old man. If um, I can go ahead, Matt. If I can jump on that, what I would say is, you know, I, I would argue that I've dealt with this a ton being a younger owner, right? Hiring people that are older than me almost exclusively and very often have them come as son, I've been doing this a long time. Let me show you how we do it. Okay. First of all, don't start the sentence out with son. Let's start with that, <laughs> right? That, that happens a lot to me. I've had that countless times. You look like you're 12. That's why. Exactly. That's why I have the beard. Um, the, the biggest thing for me is any Oh, time, you too? <laughs> pretty much. I have a At beard, least, but basically my, my, my face runs right into my neck and I don't have a jawline. So this kind of like gives me one, yeah? At least yours isn't painted on like Mike's is. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. The, the, the biggest Back thing for the me point. when we bring somebody in is I, I hope that most times I can hire someone who's smarter than me. I want better people than me who have better knowledge. It comes down to one, respecting that if you know what you're doing, I still expect you to treat me as your boss with the respect to listen to me. And if I say, hey, we're doing it this way, then you do it that way because I'm still your boss. Hmm. But if you've got a good idea or if you look at it and go, that's not the best way to do it. I'm perfectly okay with that. But let's have a respectful conversation about it. And most importantly, and this is the one that's killed me multiple times, don't you dare ever say that in front of a client or a customer. My God, just don't ever say it in front of a client. Oh, that's not the best speaker to sell. You should have sold them this one. It's way better for this application. That's how you get fired. If you know, if you have a ton of experience and, you know, a lot of times, Tim, you've taught me this. It's the one thing. Um, the, the, the phrase of, I don't know what I don't know. But if I bring somebody in and they've got more knowledge than me or more expertise than me, I want to learn from them probably more than they want to actually learn from us. But it's how you approach it. Yeah. Time and, and place is everything. And the, and the chances are, Matt, that they do know more than you or myself or any owner would ever uh, be able to bring into the organization. Um, there, the difference there is managing that knowledge and mm -hmm. getting it documented and sharing it amongst the rest of the team um, and creating a standard. And sometimes you're going to have people that push back and say, no, that's, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I, I don't like Kramer. And you, you sit no there. No one would ever say that. And you sit there as a dealer and you go, yes, we do. <laughs> so, uh, you know, there, there's, there's those types of conversations with, with, 
especially technical people. Um, with uh, with project managers, it's more about well, this is the way I'm going to run it. This is this is my team. I'm going to control. Well, then you have you know five other people that are are affected by that. So it's it's um, it's about listening. It's about training, and it's about uh, consistency and building standards. All right, very good. Uh, last story here comes to us from AV Magazine and talking about Cisco. Uh, the, the title of this is what grabbed me. Uh, the huddle space transformation has only just begun. The article talks about how Cisco is looking to recreate the huddle space and, and disrupt it. I want to read a quote from the article, quote, unquote, prominent in the announcement uh, that Cisco did at the Partner Summit was WebEx Share, which turns any screen into a wireless content sharing device. Not, not unusual. Uh, the share device plugs into a monitor, then pairs to a laptop with WebEx Teams. Clint, I'll start with you on this. This is something Cisco is going. This is an area, a, a segment Cisco is going down, and has been for a while. Ever since Cisco Connect, honestly, back in, in April, where they're trying to to kind of leverage their their IT prowess and the fact that that a, a lot of of IT data centers have Cisco products in it. it, it can Cisco disrupt the huddle space? I mean, is it is it able to do that? I mean, or do you think they they have either the the technical know how or the the leverage uh, in the IT or the AV space to do this? I'm sure they have a lot of smart people and uh, and a very big brand name, but um, I don't. I, I think the word disrupt is uh, you know a little overdone. Uh, you know, I, I have a wireless presentation solution. I'm very fond of. Mersive has one. They're very fond of. Uh, you know. We, on down the line, Prestron has one. Um, you know, it, I don't see the disruption. I just see it's another offering. It's another person trying to compete for that space, and that's that's fine. That's the, you know that uh, that's the nature of the business that we're in. And there are an awful lot of huddle spaces, and people believe there's going to be an awful lot more to come. For me, um, the thing about the huddle space, as with perhaps any meeting room of the future, is how. How can you continue to simplify the interface? Mm. Um, and the interface is kind of a, a, a broad term for, you know, uh, a very specific thing. You know, uh, can people sit down at a table and figure out without a, a technician how to get connected? And uh, can they do that every single time the same way? Could we make it so that when they walk in, uh, the, the room sensor notices that they're there, or they sit down at the huddle space, some kind of pressure-sensitive mat knows they're there, and basically does everything for them? Because if we can do that, that's a bit disruptive to the current the level of, uh, of the uh, huddle space. You know, can it be completely voice-operated? You, know, uh, you know, huddle space, uh, turn on and, uh, and uh, have Anne present. Uh, you know, it's, uh, that, that's, that's, I think, where we're going. Meanwhile, this other stuff, being able to connect wirelessly and put yourself up on the screen can already be done. Matt, uh, when it comes to Cisco or, or any other company, how, how can integrators or manufacturers, as Clint said, simplify uh, these, these increasing huddle spaces? Stop trying so hard. Okay. Jen? No, we, we continue. Yeah, and you could pretty much move on from there. Um, but you can't because it's me and I talk a lot. Um, <laughs> To me, what this always like comes down to. Game. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I concurred. <laughs> to me, what this always comes down to is we, as an industry, we know a lot. We know how to do all kinds of fancy things. And too often, we're convinced that our clients need that. So in a lot of cases, dare I say, you could 
really just have an HDMI cable that they plug into. I know that goes against everything that we're talking about, but nine times out of 10, that's all they need to do in a huddle space. Yet, oh, it's got to be collaborative. We got to do this. We got to be able to put a pen on the board and then move it and do all kinds of, you don't always need that. If we could do a better job, and I would argue that this is not really our fault though, because too often, and the, the article states it completely, in many cases, department managers are buying solutions for their teams on a tight budget from a variety of vendors. That does not mean us. That means Amazon or Best Buy or wherever the heck they found it, CDW. They're buying a bunch of junk. They're throwing it in the room and saying, look, we did it. It's awesome. It's amazing. You'll love it. And then no one can figure out how to use it. If and when we get in front and we actually do some due diligence to figure out what they need to do and how they need to use the room, there's a lot of times you'd have a Kramer wireless share device. You'd have immersive. You'd have a click share. And that's all you'd have because that's all you need. But we're AV people and we know better and we know what you need to do. So we actively, I say this like I haven't just done a talk about this. Um, we know what you need to do. And here's your 14 buttons on your interface that you need to press to turn on the TV and share one laptop. We'll get there. The, the, the biggest takeaway I had from reading this was Cisco is always going to walk in the room and say, hey, we're smarter than everybody because we're Cisco and we can fix this where you guys have all failed. And they're not necessarily accurate in that, but in the sense of the number of opportunities that Cisco has by being the product for every other piece of technology in that office space or in that, that location gives them a great possibility to come in and say, hey, you're already on our platform. You're already doing all of this. Here's one more, one SKU item that does 80% of your rooms. Just add it to the SKU. All right, Mike, I want to drill down a little bit on what, what Matt was saying when it comes to not every room needs everything. How do you get out of your clients then what exactly they're looking for? And when you're designing these, yeah, maybe, maybe room one, two, three isn't always going to be used for collaboration, but maybe it needs it. So how do you balance the needs of the few with the, the, the majority use of the room? And how do you drag out of your client what, what it is they're looking for? That's, <clears throat> that's the piece that this industry is still struggling with, which is data tracking and being able to, um, being able to, to gather the feedback and the information on what the rooms are being used for um, and then make adjustments accordingly. If, if you have uh, the people in accounting only doing presentation, but you put a Cisco codec in there, well, that's a waste of a codec when you have the project management team three floors down, um, you know, needing that codec. It's the same in the university scape. It's the same uh, in, in the residential scape. It's, it's about making sure that you are providing the best solution. And I will reiterate what Matt just said. Keep it simple, stupid. I did not call anyone stupid. I did. I thought it, but I didn't say it because I'm no, polite. I'm calling you stupid, but that's neither good nor there. Thank you. <laughs> so let me, add, let me add one thought, if I may, because it ties right into what uh, Matt and Mike just said. Um, and so we came out with a wireless presentation and collaboration device uh, a number of years ago, three or four years ago. 
um, you know, we call it our VIA line of products. And so we're sitting around and we're thinking about how do we best effectively position ourselves and how do we sell this product most effectively and market this product most effectively. And we're like, okay, well, our benefit is, yeah, everybody, there's a bunch of people that let you connect wirelessly and present, but we got all these collaboration features. You know, you can whiteboard and you can share files and you can start third-party software. And I'll tell you, we honestly came up with an analogy that uh, led us to our marketing philosophy initially, and it was from the movie Crocodile Dundee. And that scene in the movie Crocodile Dundee where he's being attacked by the muggers and then he pulls out from the back of his, uh, his back a giant monster knife. He says, you think that's a knife? This is a now, knife. Now and that's that a gonna knife. Be our, that was going to be our take on – there you go. I'm seeing a knife. <laughs> that was going to be our take on uh, how to market our product against the competition. We're, we got all this other great stuff that you need. You know, you know what? It's been several years. We're very effective at selling our product, and we're very pleased with our product. Uh, very few people use any of the collaboration features. They just want to connect and present. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Lesson learned. That's a knife. All right. Uh, that'll be a good a way to end it. Uh, gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Uh, Mr. Mike Shin, thank you, sir. Uh, thank you, Tim. How do people find you or South Central AV? Uh, on Twitter, at AXP Mike. Uh, you can find me on all the social medias and uh, SouthCentralAV.com. Mm, very good. Mr. Clint Hoffman, thank you, sir, as always. Well, thank you very much. I know this will probably be heard after Thanksgiving, but I'd like to wish you guys a very happy Thanksgiving. And you can find Kramer at www.kramerav.com. Right, very good. And Mr. Scott, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. Uh, you can find me at Matt D. Scott on Twitter, at Aviation, at Cedia, at OmegaAudioVideo.com. Right, very good. Uh, as Clint mentioned, we are, uh, we, you'll see this after Thanksgiving, but we are recording this the day before, so uh, happy Thanksgiving to you, gentlemen, and hope uh, all those in the U.S. had a happy Thanksgiving, and those of you out th outside the U.S., I hope you had a happy Thursday. So <laughs> I'm having a happy Thanksgiving. Well, Matt's a little different. Matt, Matt yeah, Matt still Matt celebrates everything. Uh, but uh, if you'd like to uh, follow us and, and see more about Aviation, go by the website, aviation.tv. Aviation.tv, you'll find this program and a host of others, including Matt's. Uh, Matt's show, Resi Week, uh, is, is AV Week for the residential market. Uh, he does it every single, uh, posts every single Wednesday. Also, while you're there, uh, check out our uh, supporter section. These are the four folks who support us financially, help us bring you AV Week and Resi Week and all the others, and ISC in a couple of months. Kramer is one of those, and we thank them for their support. So check all that out and more at avnation.tv, avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.